The KUAM Podcast Network is back and on demand, featuring a great variety of podcasts from our island and region, including culture, lifestyle, awareness, crime, politics, commentary, comedy, and entertainment. Available on most streaming platforms. The KUAM Podcast Network. Subscribe and listen now. No mandate. That is what was left in the wake of the 2022 general election on Guam. If you are registered to vote in the U.S. territory of Guam, this episode is for you. For those newly registered voters, this episode, I hope, is a wake-up call. That's it. That's all is on now. You are listening to That's It, That's All with Sean DiMatato. You are listening to That's It, That's All. I'm Sean Gumatauto. The podcast is presented by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies company based in Guam, serving government and private sector organizations in the Western Pacific and beyond. Need help on writing a safety plan? Need support with your workforce or need to build a workforce in Micronesia? Well, ask Get LLC. They can be found on the web at get-guam.com. Check them out today. Welcome to those listeners checking out the podcast in Barrington, Illinois. Excited to greet those new listeners in Mountain View, California, just across the bay from where I spent my younger days. And can't forget the listeners right here in Guam, Jigo, Northern Guam, tuning into the podcast. Half a day to you all. The format of That's It, That's All is simple. Let the podcast take you from one end of the island of Guam to the other. Any trek across the 240 square miles of this island paradise is a good one. Remember to download the podcast ahead of that next bike ride before you start this shift on your laptop or desktop computers or just ahead of your planned road trips near or far. Thank you to our friends at RedCircle.com in pushing out the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Amazon Music. Also, That's It, That's All can be heard on the iHeartRadio app and on Pandora. We are proud of our association with the KOAM Podcast Network, Micronesia's leader in award-winning broadcast news and information and the multimedia home of original programming from the island of Guam. Hit the like, subscribe, or follow buttons of That's It, That's All wherever you get your podcasts today. When the podcast premieres, the Guam Election Commission would have certified the results of the 2022 general election in Guam. As we saw again recently, and in the last three election cycles here, election results are misleading. You know what? Our island politicians are counting on that. This cycle, more than ever, the island media simply reported the results on election night and implied in the coverage for days later that the winners have a clear mandate from the voters. As a guy who has been studying Guam elections since 1994, I have observed that the winners for Adeloup and the Guam Congress building this year represented the actions of a small proportion of the adult population in Guam because so many people, registered voters in fact, did not go to the polls. In the recent election for governor, Democrat incumbent Lou Leon Guerrero got 55.4% of the votes cast 
beating former two-term Republican Governor Felix Camacho by 3,761 votes, 18,381. Hold that number in your head for just a second. The declared winner of the 2022 general election over her opponents, despite Governor Liu and her surrogates spending much of the general election cycle claiming Election Day would be a 30-point romp, expensive polls this year underperformed. The first woman governor of Guam rolled into Adaloop four years ago with 18,258 votes. In 2022, she picked up just 123 more votes than what put her into office and voter turnout dropped 12 points and 60,462 registered voters, the second highest in Guam's history. The highest registered voter number was in 2002, 61,052. That year, Felix Camacho was elected to his first term in office. But let's go back a bit. 60,462 eligible voters in the U.S. territory. Just over 26,800 didn't bother to vote. The question of the year, does Governor Leon Guerrero represent the people of Guam and really have a mandate to do anything? I will say yes to the first, but the second, a fat no. Hate to pick on just the governor's race. The race for delegate to the U.S. House of Representatives saw Guam elect a Republican to the seat, for the first time in 30 years, Senator Jim Whalen beat out former Speaker of the Guam Legislature, Judy Wampat. Guam voters elected for the seventh consecutive cycle a Democratic majority to the Guam Legislature. In 2022, we have a result where politicians got elected by a small minority of voters and then since election night claimed they represent the will of the people. Yes, the will of the Guam electorate was heard. People voted, yes. But the will of the people? Not so much. There was not a damn thing done to help bring up the total voter participation on Election Day. That is for certain. There was early voting in Guam, a product of the pandemic. But it appears that this effort to expand voter participation was the most expensive way to drop turnout just did not work. On election night, I talked to a member of the Guam Election Commission who agreed that it is time to go back to basics. I saw a tweet this past week from former Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker, which makes a boatload of sense and in line with this basics thing. Quote, election should be held on one day. Photo ID should be required. Ballots should be cast in person with the exceptions only for military and homebound. Results should be known on the night of the election. Close quote. I could not agree more. One day, weeks of early voting was more costly in terms of money and energy. Energy meaning voter enthusiasm. Photo IDs required is not a thing for Guam, as most voters here take that voter responsibility as a citizen of the U.S. very damn serious. Ballots should be cast in person. Early voting didn't have the oversight of partisan poll watchers in all those days of such. 
those drive-through ones especially. Our military members are key parts of our society, and those deployed defending our freedoms should have the full attention of the election commission. Homebound folks, too, coming off of COVID and the suffering of those with diabetes, heart disease, and hypertension from Jigo to Malesu should be a priority for the GEC and village mayors and political parties. Driving folks any other time than election day is a waste of time and gas when it is recording record prices and results on election night. Polls close at 8 p.m. Batching results with five precincts at a time was slow. 67 precincts. That is all. How tough could it really be? Three machines to count votes. Why not bring in an additional two to count ballots? Also, candidates in this cycle took a unique step too. Something not seen in Guam politics. The way to their win was to get their motivated base to the polls and discourage their opponent's supporters from doing so. Democrats on Guam have been doing this best since they were founded at least since 1961 when the then popular party was formerly affiliated with the Democratic National Committee. The Dems reached out to all pockets of the island to get out the vote since January. The top of the ticket even threw out Republicans in name only to get them to swing to the other side. All this while the whole of the Republican Party of Guam was as united as they could be since the Territorial Party merged as one in 1966. A friend of mine told me some of the stuff I just spewed is just spilled milk. Things are done. Election day is done. For a podcast, this issue is still important. As a political analyst for the last 12 years, this has been something I have tweeted and talked about publicly for over four years. I believe that this is a serious issue for our young democracy here in Micronesia. This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs. In his 2002 book, Where Have All the Voters Gone?, Martin Wattenberg starts with this quote, American elections are suffering from chronically low participation rates. In 2000, despite the fact that partisan control of the presidency, Senate, and House all appeared to be simultaneously up for grabs for the first time in generations, turnout was a mere 51% of the voting age population. Wattenberg goes on, quote, Young people, in particular, are passing up their opportunities to vote at alarming rates. According to the U.S. Census Bureau studies, just 29% of 18- to 20-year-olds voted in 2000 and only 14% voted in 1998. At a time when democracy is tentatively spreading around the world, America's low turnout rates provide a poor example for emerging democracies. Close quote. Wattenberg wrote, If only a minority of people vote and this group fails to be representative, then democracy 
suffers. Wattenberg and political scientists across America and the world are still asking this question 20 years and running. What does this say of the political parties and candidate-centered politics here and across all the U.S. territories and the region? Well, the U.S. Virgin Islands is still picking up the pieces from Hurricanes Irma, Maria, and Dorian and the pandemic under Governor Albert Bryant, who just won his second term. The CNMI is locked into a runoff election between current Governor Ralph Torres and his former Lieutenant Governor and Independent Arnold Palacios. Hawaii Governor-elect Josh Green is preparing his transition ahead of his December 5, 2022 inauguration, spending time in Japan at the premiere of this podcast, trying to lure visitors to the Aloha State despite the weak yen keeping Japanese tourists at home. From the activities from Garapan to Honolulu to St. Croix to Dededo, nothing appears to have changed. A bit of sharing from Election Day. An old gent walked into the precinct I was working as a poll watcher that day. Loudly, he exclaimed to voting officials there, I'm voting for just one candidate for senator. I can do that? The young GEC officials looked bewildered and nodded their heads in approval. Candidate-centered politics appears to have worked out for many new members of the Guam legislature. Six new members. Six new perspectives. All Democrats. On the flip side, GOP members with name recognition to include some former senators could not crack the top 15. Election night left many people scratching their heads, but mostly from those who in fact voted. Did the parties in Guam actually do their part to get the vote out? They too could be responsible for the turnout. The Democratic Party of Guam threw some barbs at the governor's race and claimed they had the best slate for their party in years. The GOP jumped out late, contrasting the current administration and got assistance from the RNC for the first time in many, many moons. I talked about the turnout recently when asked if a lower number would affect the Republican Party's chance to retake Adeloupe. I said then that our island as a whole would be affected. Not one candidate, not one party, but the electorate as a whole. I still believe this to be the case. The respective parties' influence on the electorate is affecting voter turnout rates. Can it be that being hypocritical of turnout should be replaced with how impressed we are with our people who did vote as the political system is asking more and more of that busy island voter than is reasonable? Maybe. Our elections are pretty user-friendly in Guam. Heck, renewing a driver's license ensures we never have to register to vote again as long as we want to drive. We're at a place where public participation in governance is right at our fingertips. Voting really is easier. If you wanted a ride, you could have got one to the polls. Voting officials worked overtime to get to voters in every part of our community. Ayade, they did their very best. I'm going to say it wasn't good enough. We should be angry that more did not take part in this past election. Young and old voters should recognize that such apathy is just not good for us all. Why not hold elected officials accountable for their action or lack of it? Crime is staring at us every day. 
violent crime especially. Our public schools are in disarray, all from political patronage and vanity. Guam's healthcare system has seen better days, even with two hospitals. The policy considerations go on and on. A vote is that accountability action that is needed to send a message to all public officials. A vote brings humility. At least it should every two and four years. It is that check on the balance of power by those charged with providing critical public services. This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs. The greatest number of active participants in Guam elections and those across America are over age 35. Researchers have found this to be the case as young people do not think that any of the issues mentioned by politicians affect them. What do 60-something-year-old politicians know what 20-somethings go through on a daily? Why bother to vote? I'm sure you have heard this plenty in recent years and plenty right before the polls closed earlier this month. In 2022, voters still thought their votes didn't matter. Is this a good model of democracy for us and other countries? Well, in Australia, adults are legally required to vote or they are fined. In his book, Martin Wattenberg does not think that this would be acceptable in the U.S. How about Election Day on a Sunday or make it a holiday so that virtually everyone can get to the polls more easily? Most other countries do that. And they have much higher turnouts. Governors of Guam have, from time to time, made Election Day a GovGuam holiday with positive results for the incumbent. But imagine what that might mean if it is codified in the Guam Code annotated. Elections would draw more voters to the polls, politicians would receive more votes, and winners would have a better claim of legitimacy. Guam could return to the 70% plus voter turnouts that made island politics the full contact sport that it once was. Talking up an election day before the proposed holiday would give the electorate that last ditch pitch for votes. More votes for a politician, though, is debatable. If a federal delegate race or one for attorney general garnered more votes for the chief executive, people would be wondering what the then there is that pesky mandate. A blowout is a mandate, especially when the turnout is high. But winning by 11 points in a multi-million dollar campaign is just not that. I have noted on this podcast and written about it previously that historians may be the last to determine that mandate. When they write those books, what will they highlight? Construction of roads and repair of schools are just part of the job just like the court-mandated tax refunds doled out here. Again, part of the job. Marijuana was just legalized here for recreational use. No floods of cash from pot. No droves of tourists wanting to get stoned. Maybe the electorate was too baked 
to make it out on Election Day. What about the Guam buildup? That is underway with $5 billion more expected to be spent here over the next decade. That effort began back in 2008. Tourism, though, elected officials are wanting so bad to take credit for its rebound. When you have a closed island, that is not going to bring a level of confidence that we are open for business as usual. There was even a high level of audacity by the administration and lawmakers telling businesses to reopen and get ready for the return of visitors. Folks, shut down for good. It is like trying to resurrect the dead. Anyone watching the impact of inflation on the currency markets? Well, every market in the region is trying to lure visitors when the yen is at its lowest levels in 32 years. The recovery is going to be slow going for sure. That was security's chief economist, Toru Suhiro, is quoted in the Japan Times on September 18, 2022, quote, reopening borders for inbound tourism is a measure that is certain to have some effect on changing the real demand for the yen, close quote. What about outbound tourism? The Democratic mantra headed into Election Day was that two things were on the ballot. Let's keep things moving forward and heralding the greatest economic expansion in Guam ever. Republicans had hoped that talk of rising crime and cost of living via inflation would produce a red wave rejection of Democrats, and the island media talked about none of these in the run-up to the election. The Guam economy has not added jobs. Paying more for groceries and at the pump is a painful squeeze. It may be that voters' recent memory of what happened over the last four years was not enough to move the needle for change. We all will watch the next two and four years. If Democrats feel they have a mandate, they're sadly mistaken. Republicans, too, will need to attract younger voters to their cause or the party will begin fading like a Guam sunset. Let's watch this together and together for a change Vote for change that really is needed today on Guam. That's it. That's all. If you enjoyed this podcast, download, press subscribe, or follow us right now. More great content is on the way. Talk to you soon. The That's It, That's All podcast is produced by Sean Gamatato. Executive producer is Trisha Gamatato. Hit the subscribe or follow button and leave a review. Thanks for listening. The KUAM Podcast Network is back and on demand, featuring a great variety of podcasts from our island and region, including culture, lifestyle, awareness, crime, politics, commentary, comedy, and entertainment. Available on most streaming platforms. The KUAM Podcast Network. Subscribe and listen now.